The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, Dr. Fleck, glad to be back with you. It's been a crazy last few weeks, a lot of traveling around the country to talk about gearing up for summer. You know, I had appearances on CBS Tampa, the CW in Dallas, Fox DC, another DC show called DC News Now. And next week, I'll be in California, Sacramento, LA, and San Diego. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm excited. But I have to admit, I've been waiting for this show because I wanted you to have a chance to redeem your yourself and my true or false pet trivia game. Hmm. So let's get started. Remember the rules. True or false answers are only accepted. Okay. okay. You ready okay. for the first question? Yes. Yes. I want you to listen carefully to the questions because some of them are tricky. Did a golden retriever named Maxwell get her foot stuck in a drain when her owner attempted to give her a bath in the kitchen sink? Yes. Actually, it was a Frenchie named Cookie from Palm Beach. And it is true. Her foot got stuck in the drain when her owner attempted to give her a bath. And at least five firefighters were involved in the extraction, followed by a trip to the vet. So this one came from the TV station WPEC in Palm Beach. OK, are you ready for your next question? Yes, yes. OK. Did a pit bull named Brenda jump over a shelter kennel wall? to be with her best friend, Linda, in a Minnesota shelter. Yes. Yes, you got that one right. Okay, Dr. Fleck. Yes, yes. That one came from USA Today, so good for you. Thank you, thank you. Okay, last question. Did a Golden Retriever's owner let her dog out at 2 a.m. and forget to let her back in until she woke up? Yes. You're right. Okay, that's good. Yes. Two out of three. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. This story came from TikTok. You can only imagine the dog's reaction getting left outside from about two to seven o'clock in the morning with the wet grass and everything. You know, but we got to face it. A few of us have done that before. We might have sat down on the couch or lied back in the bed and fallen asleep. It made me think of new cars when I thought about this, because, you know, when you have a new car and the new car alerts us, if we stop that we have something on the back seat in the car. I didn't know that, but yeah. I'm glad they do. Yeah. That was exactly my thought when we leave our pet in the backseat or our child. Right. In the we need to seat. be extremely vigilant because forgetting our four-legged friends could put them in a lot of danger. Um, remember the cat that fought off the coyotes yeah. in Arizona? Same type of situation. She snuck out of the house. The owner didn't check before she went to bed, and they only saw what happened because of the ring footage. So you remember Maria? She was our house painter for a while. Yeah. While she was planning on a fishing trip and she let her dog outside, she forgot about the dog and went fishing. She came back at five o'clock in the afternoon and the dog was stolen, turns out, by her neighbor. And that neighbor gave the dog to one of his friends. And it took her almost a year to get the dog back. Finally, a weak moment forced the neighbor to confess. People have to be super, super careful. Okay, so let's get on with the show. What's the lineup this week? We are talking about a service dog honored for his service to a student. Rabies in our own U.S. town. The impact of Canadian wildfires on pet health. What you need to think about when taking a summer vacation with your pooch. 
why you need to invest in a lightweight summer raincoat for your dog and common summer pet injuries and well on friday june 23rd the third friday of june pet sitters international celebrates the 25th anniversary of take your dog to work day all for a good cause well joining us today to talk about this incredible celebration is psi president beth stoltz harrison hello beth and welcome to the pet buzz Hello, thank you so much for having me. You know, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, as you know, I was a member of Pet Sitters International um, at one point when I owned a very large pet sitting business in Manhattan, in New York. And um, it's always fun. I mean, I, you know, pet the pet sitting business got me where I am today. So I'm, I love my pet sitters like big hugs, big hearts for them. Um, well, Beth, before we get started, tell us what Pet Sitters International or PSI is. Uh, Pet Sitters International or PSI is the largest educational association for professional pet sitting and dog walking businesses. So we focus on giving pet sitters and dog walkers access to the credentials, continuing education, and the community that they need to really offer the best pet care and to grow their businesses. Fantastic. So talk a little bit about over the years, how you've changed in celebrating and how can companies participate to raise money for pets in need? Sure. There's definitely been a lot of changes. Now, since the very beginning, one of the biggest changes is the participation. Uh, the first year was a really grassroots effort. Uh, the PSI team was calling and, and faxing people at that time to get companies to participate. Uh, and we had about 300 companies that first year. Uh, but now we have so many that we're not able to track participation. But in the most recent years, as you mentioned, what's really changed with the pandemic is that so many businesses have now transitioned to maybe a hybrid workplace or working remotely. And so that also changes how you celebrate Take Your Dog to Work Day. Uh, but the good news is whether you're in a physical location or you're, all of your employees are working from home, uh, you can promote that pet adoption message and raise money for local animal shelters or rescues. Uh, we have companies that host pet photo contests. Others invite uh, an animal shelter or another pet professional for a lunch and learn that can be done in person or on Zoom to talk to their employees about a pet topic or to show off adoptable pets. And so there are a lot of ways, uh, regardless of how your business is structured, that you can still participate to celebrate dogs. If you've just joined us, we're talking to PSI President Beth Schultz Harrison about Take Your Dog to work um, day, which is such a fabulous holiday, a way for pet sitters um, to give back. You know, Beth, as we discussed, PSI is an organization of pet sitters. Can you give us a few tips? Because it's the season now when people start thinking about vacation. Can you give us a few tips for hiring a pet sitter this summer? Absolutely. Now, my first tip, if you still need a pet sitter or a dog walker this summer, is to take care of that right away. Uh, as I know you know, Charlotte, pet sitters often book up months in advance especially during the busy summer vacation season. So start your search now if you still need a pet sitter. Uh, but once you're considering options, there are some questions you should always ask. Is the pet sitter insured and bonded? Uh, will they come and meet at your home for an initial consultation? Are they using a pet sitting service contract? And then ask about their credentials. Are they a certified pet sitter? Are they trained in pet first aid? Uh, do they have experience with your type of pet and your pet's needs? And then more than anything, we always say that every pet sitter, even if they're very qualified, may not be a fit for every pet. So you want to make sure that you and your pet are comfortable with the pet sitter and vice versa so that it's a really great ongoing relationship. You have to feel comfortable about having that pet sitter in the home, correct? 
Absolutely. We say you love the pets, but your contract is with the pet parent. And so you need to think about communication, what they need, because they are your client. But absolutely, it needs to be a fit for everyone involved. So imagine so many homes today have that added security, not only because they want to see what's you know, security threats or risk, but they also want to have the option of being able to see what their pet's doing during the day. And that's also a consideration. Absolutely. We sell pet sitters. And this was really long before cameras were even as popular as they are now. You should always conduct business as if you're being watched. But in the case of so many security cameras now, we do tell pet sitters to ask that question um, in their initial meeting and in the contract, just so they know uh, but mainly just because, particularly for pet sitters who may be staying overnight for overnight care, they do want to make sure that cameras aren't in private areas. Uh, but we find that, of course, pet sitters have no problem with cameras, uh, but they do like to know so that maybe they're not uh, shocked if they hear someone speaking through the camera when they come inside to take care of the pet. It's so tempting because we all lead such busy lives today to look at other options, but many of those other options um, are really just online services with people who aren't trained and people who really have not educated themselves about first aid and just about dog and cat handling practice as well. And I think that's why it's really important to take the time to hire a pet professional. Absolutely. As a pet parent, we know that you want the best care for your pet, but sometimes maybe you don't know what to look for. And so when you do look for what someone, as you mentioned, you don't automatically assume just because someone has is listed on an app uh, or has a listing online that they are trained and qualified or even have the insurance coverage they need to offer the care for you. Um, and the same goes for friends or family. It's very tempting to sometimes say, well, my neighbor loves pets or my sister loves my pet just as much as I do. And that may be true, uh, but they may not have the knowledge and likely don't have the knowledge to respond if an emergency takes place while you're gone with their pet or if something were to happen to the home or the pet, or do they have insurance coverage to cover you in that case? And so for many reasons, it's always best to use a professional and make sure you're using someone that's really committed to educating themselves and getting the training to make sure your pet gets the best possible care. You know, one of the things that I always loved about um, PSI is that you have people who are local business owners, people who understand your community, people who know where the dog parks are, they know where the vets are, they're familiar with the emergency services in town. You know, these are the kind of things that professional pet sitters are trained to deal with. Don't be fooled by an app that has a celebrity attached to it. That's the difference between hiring someone that just wants to make extra money because they love pets and someone that truly views this as a career and as a business and considers himself a professional. Because those things that you mentioned, those are the types of things that a business owner has considered and is prepared for and has a plan for. Uh, but someone that's maybe just doing this on the side, they're not thinking about that. Pet sitters, professional pet sitters are always prepared for any situation. Well, on that note, we need to take a commercial break and come back to wrap up our discussion with Miss Beth here, president of the Pet Sitters International PSI, the first pet sitting organization or association in our country. We'll also up next to Celebrity Pet Buzz and Flex Facts. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can
can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Thank you for joining us on The Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Well, we're back and we're talking to PSI president, that's Pet Sitters International president, Ms. Beth Stoltz Hairston, about Take Your Dog to Work Day, as well as hiring a professional pet sitter. The summer season is here. We're starting to make our plans. And as Beth just said, if you're planning on a summer vacation, you might need to have a pet sitter. So don't wait. Start looking for a reputable, qualified professional right now. So, Beth, talk to us about why hiring a pet sitter is a better alternative than boarding or leaving a pet with a friend. You already touched upon the leaving a pet with a friend. So let's focus on the boarding and leaving a pet with a friend. I like to tell pet parents, you know your pet best, so you know where they will be most comfortable. But what we find in your home pet sitting is that there are so many advantages. First of all, your pet gets to stay in their own home. So they're in the comfort of their home. Uh, their exercise routines can be uninterrupted. Uh, their feeding schedule can be uninterrupted. Uh, there's going to be less stress and anxiety for your pet, but then also for you. So you're not worried about, you're on your vacation. You want to relax, have fun. Uh, but if you're worried about your pet being, uh, you know, in a facility where they're maybe in a cage or around other pets, you're worried about their exposure to illnesses, uh, their exposure to other pets. And so being able to keep the pet in their home and have a professional pet sitter come to your home uh, reduces so much of that um, stress and anxiety, and it really keeps the pet more comfortable, and they get that at-home care. Beth, thank you so much for joining us today. Before you leave, please provide us with your organization's websites so our pet parents out there can already start looking for a pet sitter so they can continue to plan their summer vacation. Absolutely. If you need to find a pet sitter or learn more about Pet Sitters International, go to PetSit.com. And then to learn more about Take Your Dog to Work Day, visit TakeYourDog.com. And what about your website? That's PetSit.com. You can find a pet sitter, uh, learn about the organization, and also learn more about pet sitting as a career. Great. Well, just to remind you, that was Beth Stoltz Harrison, president of Pet Sitters International, discussing the oldest pet sitting association, their annual celebration, Take Your Dog to Work Day, which promotes adoption and how to hire a pet sitter, not only for the summer, but you'll learn the basics. You'll get some clues from that website. And you know what? If you have some more questions, you can always call the organization and ask for help. I can't wait for Celebrity Pet Buzz. What about you? And now, the latest news about celebrities and their pets. It's obsession. Aren't they cute? What's the name? Well, actor Justin Theroux and his rescue dog, Kuma, are celebrating their five-year anniversary together. The actor has documented his life with Kuma on his Instagram account since her adoption in 2018. Theroux has long been an advocate for rescuing animals, having worked with rescue groups like Austin Pets Alive. Well, in 2018, through his advocacy work, he heard 
Kuma's story. Kuma was found in the debris of Hurricane Harvey in Texas, and he made inquiries to a doctor. So now on their anniversary together, he posted pictures of the two together, as well as pictures of his beloved dog. He also wrote, if you're considering getting a dog, please visit your local shelter. There are tens of thousands of Kumas out there that would love to make your life so much better. You know, a dog always makes a life better. Wouldn't you agree? Send me a picture of you and your dog and tell me how she makes your life better. Post or tweet me on the Pet Buzz social media feeds. Well, time for Flex Facts. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers. I want the truth. You're up, Dr. Fleck. What are we talking about today? Today, we're going to talk a few things about common summer pet injuries. Okay, so what are we starting with? Well, let's think about it. Dehydration and heat exhaustion. That's the big thing. So we want to make sure that you have fresh water for your pets always. To have fresh flowing air. Don't let them sit out in the sun all day long. If you don't have air conditioning, make sure you have a fan so that it blows air through the house. If your dog is outside, make sure that they have good flow of air there so that we don't end up with a horrible heat exhaustion or a heat stroke. Okay, so what are the symptoms of dehydration? Well, you really you kind of just look at your pet and you'll see that they have that funny expression on their face. Part of it is because their eyes are sitting back in a socket because they're dehydrated. If you go up and touch them, they feel clammy and they have no elasticity in their skin. But there's heavy panting, the gums are dry. And when you see that, that's danger because they're moving towards heat exhaustion, and you need to take immediate action. What are the telltale signs of heat exhaustion? What's the body temperature above? Well, it's got to be above 103, but usually it jumps up to 106, 107 or more very quickly. And if it does that very quickly, you're in danger. What are the symptoms? The symptoms would be maybe losing consciousness, vomiting, heavy respiration, not the heartbeat being very, very rapid. Uh, you just know that it's like a person that's that's going unconscious. Sure. Needs sure. attention immediately and they can't do it. They need to get it to the emergency vet. So what about snake and bug bites? Yeah, you talk about bites. Well, I want to don't, don't want to just say bug bites, snake bites, other wild animal bites. Or because there's a lot of pets, a lot of dogs that are roaming during the summer, you get bites from any of them. And they all require certain amount of attention and they need the attention on the pet owner for not only taking care of it after it happens, but try to prevent it from happening. You know, a lot of people get careless around any body of water. Think about dogs going to the beach or dogs jumping in the pool. What do we have to be worried about? Drowning. (laughs) Drowning. Drowning. Okay. And we think about that because even if our pet can swim, they can become exhausted when they're swimming very rapidly. And that can cause drowning. If you were to have your pet on a boat, what would you be doing? Let's say you have Wally on a boat. What, how would you have Wally prepared? Well, first of all, depending on what kind of boat I'm on, I'm going to wear a life preserver. Thank if I'm you. going out fishing so I'm, or I'm kayaking, I always wear a life preserver, even in the shallowest of water. One of my favorite places to go at one spot in a whole hour kayak ride is five feet of water. And people, I've even taken... T- tours on a kayak people look at me like i'm crazy and i even encourage people if there's a flood to have a life preserver for your dog because a lot of times people get on boats and they're evacuated and they don't have life preservers but you know one of the things and we talked about this a few years ago a lot of dogs who go to the beach they start drinking the salt water and then we see all kinds of imbalances too correct their electrolyte balance really is all messed up 
and they'll probably do some vomiting. They could, again, even lose consciousness. Right. And they, they need ha- immediate attention. Right. Because sometimes ingesting all that salt water will cause problems, not necessarily in that moment, but for weeks, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. Hot pavement. Oh, boy. This is a big one. In Florida, go before seven o'clock, after seven o'clock. Okay. In the north, go before 10 o'clock, after four o'clock. Let's move forward and talk about your specialty. Sunburn. That's your jam. All pets need sunscreen, just like all people need sunscreen. Doesn't matter what your race is, we still need it. So sunburn will do the same, will look the same way on on pets as it will on on people. You know, it'll be red skinned, it'll be blistery, it'll be painful. Uh, It should be protected against. Just look at the muzzle. If the muzzle is pink, if it's orange, if it's already showing changes, that pet needs sunscreen. Let's talk about the last one, anxiety. You, you got to reduce the anxiety as much as possible. There's very few products that we can use that we can say with confidence it's going to work. There's a number of products on the market. You almost have to try products to see if they're going to be effective. One that we really can't even talk about as veterinarians yet, but we still do is CBD. Sure. What I usually recommend is if you have a friend that uses it on their pets and it seems to be effective, that might be one that you may want to try. Well, I think other things that you need, especially to prepare, is definitely a crate works. I like CBD Living. I found it works really well. The company is concerned about how pets digest it and intake the CBD. There's calming products on the market. Tever Pet makes a calming product with valerian, uh, L-tryptophan. Um, sometimes you can get a prescription if your pet is really crazy. There's anxiety wraps, there's, you know, shirts, white noise, you know, you can put a noisemaker next to your, there's a lot of stuff that people yeah, can I find. I can't wait till I can start recommending a CBD product. Sure. Though. Anything else, Dr. Fleck? That's all the Flex facts for the week. Dr. Fleck, great reporting, upbeat segment. Up next, the I Likey of the week. You are listening to the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Welcome back. You're listening to The Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. So what's hot for your pet this summer? That's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. With summer just weeks away, AccuWeather's long-range forecasters have released their summer forecast. Rain and severe weather are predicted in most of the parts of the country during the months of June and July. And that's why it's a good idea to purchase a lightweight raincoat for your doggo now. So before buying a raincoat, measure your dog to find the best fit possible. You want to measure around the natural collar of the neck. You want to measure, the second measurement should be from the base of the neck to the base of the tail. And then the third measurement is the girth, which is under the front paws all the way back up to the spine. You want to look for a 
lightweight raincoat that is adjustable around the neck and the girth, and that will cover most of the body, including his or her legs. Go for a bright color with reflective tape for maximum visibility. I like a coat with a hood to cover your pet's head. Now, not all dogs are going to like the hood, but you have the option to pull it back or on those really bad days to cover a part of the dog's head. Let's be honest, you don't want to get wet, so neither does your dog. So cover them up with an appropriate lightweight raincoat when the temperatures are rising. Once you get the canine coat, make sure your dog feels comfortable wearing it. Have him wear it two or three days inside for about 15 minutes so he gets used to it. I just bought a yellow raincoat from iChewy. It had all the features I was looking for, including a pack for storage. And lastly, the price was right. It was $24.99 for a small dog, up to $29.99 for a large dog. So check out iChewy. That's I-C-H-O-U-E, iChewy on Amazon.com. You've got mail. We've got mail. Charlotte, this question is for you. Hi, Charlotte. My name is Charlotte from Charlotte, and I know you fly with your dogs all over the country for TV appearances. I want to take a dog-friendly vacation this summer. What do you suggest? Thanks for writing, Charlotte. You know, I love North Carolina because you don't have to go far to get to the pet-friendly Outer Banks. First, you need to ask yourself, is your pet an appropriate traveler? Is he calm, composed, and quiet, and well-behaved? If so, then you can proceed with planning a pet-friendly vacation. Go online and look for some pet-friendly travel destinations. Follow it up with websites, maybe even buy a go dog friendly book. Look for places like Austin, Texas, San Diego, California, Chicago, Illinois, even Seattle, Washington. These are great cities. They're pet friendly cities and they also offer a lot of activities. So make sure you check out the pet tips from AAA. They're fantastic. Everything you need is right there on their uh, on their pet tips page. You can even, if you need to, find a pet travel agent near you or someone around the country. They do exist. So whether you're driving or flying, there's a lot of specific rules and regulations to follow. So review, for example, airline sites. That's really important. Make sure you understand the rules. If you don't, call the airline. You also want to schedule a vet appointment immediately to get a copy of your pet's medical records. That's a necessity. So, and you want to also keep them either on a jump drive that's accessible, or you want to keep them in a waterproof container. It's a great idea before a trip, order new dog tags if they're not updated already with your contact information and your cell phone. You also want to take some pictures of your dog. You want to take a headshot, a three quarters body shot, and a full body shot. Also, any distinguishable markings, just in case your pet goes missing, you have those pictures on that jump drive. You can easily put out posters. Also, that Tractive GPS is a great price at $49.99 with a $5 monthly subscription. Keep that on your dog when he's traveling because Tractive GPS will track your dog 
all throughout the world. And I love that price, as I talk about many, many times, not only on this show, but also on my TV appearances for gearing up for summer. Uh, depending on what you're going to do and where you're going to go, you want to pack for the trip, pack equipment for activities, like if it's water sports or hiking, or maybe even walking around on the hot pavement. Good idea to always check the temperatures in the month that you're going. Additionally, look for truly pet-friendly hotels, not just hotels that accommodate pets. And that's a big one. So pet-friendly hotels will have lots of amenities and their concierge will be able to provide you with pet advice for activities, pet-friendly restaurants, as well as service providers. Let's say you want to go out without the dog one night and you want a dog walker to let the dog out. There's a lot to do, Charlotte, to have the best time possible. So get moving, get your research done and plan a great trip. Woofty. Well, our next guest is on the phone. Charlotte, can you uh, introduce the next segment? Well, sure. I was just in Washington, D.C. And while our Canadian wildfires and the smoke turn the skies all hazy and not only threaten the health of people, but I was also worried about the health of Wally when I was there because he's so little and, mm. you know, he's so close to the ground. Our next guest is going to provide some advice about how to protect the health of our pets during such an environmental crisis. Boy. So joining us today is veterinarian, Dr. Stephen Carey. Dr. Carey is an associate professor, small animal clinical science at the College of Veterinary Medicine, Michigan State University. Dr. Carey, thank you so much. We're really excited to talk to you today, especially since we're dealing with the human and animal health implications of the awful Canadian wildlife fires. Yes, thank you both for having me on today. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this uh, very important topic. So what's the health impact of the current situation on pets and, and all animals? Is it similar to humans? Uh, it actually is very similar to to what we see in people. The physiology is is very similar between people and animals, and so a lot of the um, the major impacts that we're going to be concerned about are going to be on the respiratory system, and then also on the cardiovascular system. And that's true for for both pets uh, and for people. Uh, and you mentioned something, Charlotte, a little bit earlier about your concerns about Wally being small and close to the ground. Those are two really important factors that actually we believe make pets more vulnerable to the effects of environmental pollutants than people because they actually will receive a, a larger dose per their body size because of their size and, and different doses because their, their breathing zone is closer to the ground. And I didn't even mention that Wally was an English toy spaniel. Mm. So yeah. we've got other respiratory issues that which is really part all... of my next question yeah. to him too. So are there some breeds of dogs and cats that has a higher risk of respiratory problems with this issue? Absolutely. So this is going to be very similar to, if you think about influenza or COVID with people, everyone can be affected, but we worry most about the more vulnerable populations, children, the elderly, people with chronic respiratory disease. The exact same is true for pets. We worry about these effects on brachycephalic dogs, uh, brachycephalic cats, or these are the smashed face breeds, um, because they are going to have a more difficult time clearing these particulates if they make their way into the respiratory system. We also worry about very young animals, and we also worry about very old animals. And then we also are particularly concerned about patients that already have pre-existing respiratory disease. 
It's dangerous. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with veterinarian Dr. Stephen Carey from Michigan State University about the health impact of the Canadian wildfires on dogs, as well as other animals in the Northeast and beyond. So what symptoms should a pet owner look for as a result of bad air quality? These are going to be very similar. Well, we're, we're talking about a couple of, of different things. For the acute effects, these are the effects that you're going to see immediately. They're going to be very similar to the effects that people themselves are going to uh, are going to exhibit. So itching or watering of the eyes, the mucous membranes, a runny nose or sneezing. Uh, if it makes its way into the lower respiratory system, you may see um, signs of coughing or throat clearing. And then you may notice more subtle signs. A dog, for instance, that can that can go for a, a several mile walk normally um, that may have difficulty completing that walk or may start panting earlier, may have some respiratory difficulties. Those might be signs that your pet is exhibiting some symptoms um, associated with these environmental exposures. And we might want to consider taking steps to, to minimize those risks in those pets. Dr. Curry, we're up against the commercial break. This is MSU, Michigan State University veterinarian, Dr. Curry, and he'll be back to finish our discussion about the health and the implication of pets and other animals since the Canadian wildfires have been sparked and the dangerous smoke is floating in the U.S. Up next in segment number four, we have still to come global pet news as well as tell me something good. Does your pet have dry, flaky and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud sponsor of the Pet Buzz. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck here at the Pet Buzz. We are urban, suburban, and and country. Well, we're back with veterinarian Dr. Stephen Carey. Dr. Fleck and I are discussing how Canadian wildfires are affecting the health of our animals and how to protect them. Doc Stephen, what can we do to protect our pets? I have multiple air filters in my HEPA filters in my home. So I think that would probably be one step, but. What else can we do? Well, mitigating exposure immediately is the simplest thing you can do. So if there's anything you can do to to limit the amount of time your pets spend uh, exposed to outdoor air, particularly during the, the peak, the middle of the day. And the reason for that is because the particulates from wildfire smoke are going to be present um, all the time but they're going to get stirred up when people come out and when traffic starts. And that's also going to add in other air pollutants like ozone, which are affected by sunlight. So if you can minimize exposure at those peak points of the day and walk your pets earlier in the morning or later in the evening, um, those kind of things can help. Um, We also have to think about you again, Charlie brought up a very important point, and this is this concept of what's called tertiary exposure. So if you think about, tobacco smoke. Um, I think everyone's aware of mainstream tobacco smoke. That's the smoker who gets exposed through the cigarette and the filter. And then side stream smoke affects the people that are in the room around the smoker. But pets can be vulnerable to a third type of exposure, and that's called tertiary exposure. And that happens when air pollutants settle on their fur 
or in their coats, and then especially cats, but really any fastidious grooming animal can then get exposed to those particulates or those pollutants uh, through grooming through the oral cavity. And so now we've got another potential risk of exposure. So a simple thing like just wetting down your pet's coat and wiping them down after they've been outside can help to mitigate those risks of tertiary exposures for small animals. You know, I'm glad he mentioned that because so many times, and, and I'm going to change the subject, not with wildfires, but with um, other devastating um, natural disasters. You know, when we think of hurricanes and when we when we saw pictures of Hurricane Harvey, we really don't ever talk about the aftermaths of these natural disasters and what they can mean for pet and pet owners. And Dr. Kerry doesn't know this, but I actually penned an article a few years ago for not only for dog and catster about decontaminating animals and the skin conditions that come up because for the most part, nobody ever talks about them. We see the Cajun Navy, God bless them, going out and saving people, but they're walking in and, and boating in that sewage of feces, oil, animals, whatever, anything from your house that got exposed. And we don't really ever talk about that. We don't really talk about the aftermaths other than here, let's go in and get bring you some soup and some food. Right. And we'll round up a few horses and dogs, but we don't really talk about that. And it's really important that we talk about it. Well, I think it's appropriate, too, because every day I have to deal with allergies, skin allergies in pets, whether it's cats or dogs, primarily with with the canine. But a, a lot of this isn't isn't necessarily from respiratory uh, or in, inhalation, but some of it can be contact. And so we kind of call that percutaneous. And so I'm always encouraging air purifiers in the homes to pet owners. But also I'm recommending that they take care of the coat and get rid of whatever they may be contacting. But no, this is wonderful. You guys are speaking my language because I'm I'm a huge proponent of, of indoor air quality uh, as an advocate for pets. If you think about where pets, companion animals, spend most of their time, it's in our homes, right? We get to go out and go to work, get out and go to school, get out and go shopping, but our pets are exposed to that indoor air all the time. And so being in that space all the time and and being more vulnerable to the effects of indoor air pollutant, it is really important that we pay attention not just to outdoor air exposures, but also to the quality of the air in their, in their space as well. You had a last question. I, I do. You know, we have a, um, a radio station in Alabama. They have their dogs not inside, but outside in, in dog houses. So there are pets that are outside. But what about horses and other livestock? How do you manage the risk there? What can be done for them? So managing the risk of, of animals that that live outside or, or that really have to work outside can, can be difficult. It really is going to be almost impossible to completely eliminate that risk. But one of the things that can be really important to do for those animals is to provide them an adequate recovery time. If you've got animals that are outside working, for instance, working a field or uh, doing performance, the time that you allow them between having to work is gonna be really important because the amount of time they would need to recover 
with clean indoor air and healthy lungs and a healthy cardiovascular system is going to be lengthened now if you add in some poor air quality. So keeping in mind how frequently you're asking animals to work or to perform in outdoor air environments and providing them an adequate amount of time for recovery is going to be very important. And also, just like with companion animals, with small animals, watching for those symptoms or signs that they may be exhibiting some, some uh, adverse effects associated with these exposures. Well, Dr. Carey, we thank you for being with us today. We hope you can come back again. But before departing, can you give us your website where we can learn more about you and more about respiratory health? Absolutely. So my college is the Michigan State University College of Vet Med. Our website is cvm.msu.edu. And from that site, you can either search hospital and find out what's happening in the small animal and the large animal clinics, or you can search research and that'll take you to our uh, different research area pages, including one that we have devoted just to respiratory research. Just to remind you, that was veterinarian, Dr. Stephen Carey, Dr. Carey, an associate professor of small animal clinical sciences at the College of Veterinary Medicine, Michigan State University, discussing how our pets can be affected by the poor air quality that exists in the United States due to the Canadian wildfire crisis. Let's find out the news from around the planet. And now, Pet Buzz news from around the globe. With fatality rate of 100% in humans and animals alike, rabies remains a global threat, killing approximately 59,000 people every year. Dogs are the main reservoir of the disease, and you find the disease in Asia and Africa primarily. Controlling and eliminating this deadly disease means combating at its animal source. So the World Organization for Animal Health has long been committed to tackling this disease, supporting its members in the path toward a rabies-free future. So how ironic is it that it has come to my town and I know the individual who was attacked by a rabid cat. It's so hard to believe. Turns out it was one of the groomers at the shop that I frequent with my dogs. Well, the Florida Health Department in my county reminded the public to stay away from wild or stray animals out of concern that they could be carrying rabies. So if you're attacked by a stray or a wild animal, you immediately have to wash the wound with warm soap and water and then go to the hospital as well as call your local health department and report the attack. You know, rabies is not just a third world disease. It's right here in our country too. Well, it's time to end the show. And as you know, I'd like to end the show on a good note. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. You know, service dogs are really unsung heroes, but one loyal companion in New Jersey has been rewarded for his efforts in an unusual way. So Justin, he's a Labrador, yellow lab, he belongs to Grace Mariani, and he accompanied his owner to her graduation ceremony at Seton Hall University, where he'd been right by her side throughout her degree course in elementary and special education. And everybody on the university knew this dog. He was a superstar. And as a reward, Justin was given his own diploma in recognition of services rendered after 
They received their awards by the president of the university. Now, Justin carried his in his mouth with his head held high. The crowd went wild. They cheered. Honoring a service dog in that way. Now that's something good. Well, Dr. Fleck, it's time. It's time to wrap the show. Unbelievable. Time goes by so fast when you're having such a good time. Yeah, it is a good time. Well, before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. Next week, we're talking about cats. It's National Cat Adoption Month, and we want to honor cats and their owners. Would you like to thank our guest, Dr. Fleck? Special thanks to our guests, Beth Stoltz-Harrison and veterinarian, Dr. Stephen Carey. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Don't forget to visit EpiPet, E-P-I hyphen P-E-T, any product on there, including the EpiPet sunscreen. If you put in the code, the pet buzz, you get 25% off. If you have any question, write to us at team at the We will cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. But most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Epi-pet.com EpiPet is another proud sponsor of the Pet Buzz.